Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday, OM Energy. We have made it. It is Friday. If that is not enough to be super excited for, I am super ecstatic. I don't know about you, but I've had a very interesting, very interesting week. I want to say this week has been more about rest and restoration and ignoring the signs of needing rest and restoration. Yeah. Have you ever done that? You know you've needed some rest, but then you're just like, eh, no rest needed. I'm just going to keep going and keep going until you can't go no more. That's the type of week that I actually had this week. So my body said rest. My mind says that sounds like a great idea. And then the way I was set up, I was just like, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going until the other day I was literally up. When I say all night, I mean all night. And not doing anything that was like fun or creative or anything, just literally up. And I just believe that being up all night is the enemy of sleep. And there is nothing amusing about not getting your rest. So I had to take a little calm down, a little page in my own self-care book and really relax myself and really get back in order of listening to myself, listening to my body. Because let me tell you. It was quite horrible. But in spite, of, in spite of all that, we have made it to another Friday. And I am super ecstatic. I'm excited. And it's not like, you know, I'm still quarantining. So for me, Friday ain't like a turn up moment. And reality is, even if you're not quarantining like me, even if you're kind of like venturing out, there's really not but so limited things that you can even do. But in spite of all that, I'm just glad that we're here and it's Friday and I get to relax a little bit. I'm taking my kids to a social distancing, almost like a drive-in movie, but it's also filled with like different activities. So I'm going to that on Saturday. I can't come back. I'll come back next week and tell you how that went. And they are super excited. It's almost like going to the music park with them because we haven't really done anything. Not really. We have not done anything outside of being at home, keeping ourselves safe. We've done things, a lot of amazing things in the house. We done brought back some old school board games. We done got some twister games popping. You know, we're arts and crafting it up. I mean, there's paperwork and paint and papers, markers, pencils, crayons all over my house, which just, you know, it, it is what it is. So we've done a lot of arts and crafts. So we've done a lot of creativity things inside of the home. So this will be the first time that they're actually going to venture out. Now, granted, we have gone to like a couple of pickup spots. If you follow me on on any like Instagram or social media, um, you can find me at Toy Time Blog on most social media pages. On Facebook, I'm known as Toy Time Ladies. But we went to grab like ice cream the day before National Ice Cream Day. Now, why did I go the day before? Because anytime there's a national holiday, literally... 
all places that associates with whatever holiday that's going down is usually full. Now we went the night before, so we went about Saturday evening and let me say it was crowded. This Dairy Queen that we actually went to, they had a drive through and you can do walk up. It was quicker to walk up. We got our food and our, our ice cream. I want to say less than five minutes, but the drive through had about 30, 35 cars. I don't know why the people in the drive through who literally saw us come up and just grab our items decided not to just park their car, but whatever the case, we pulled right up, got right in our lines. We had our mask. We got our ice cream. We, you know, stayed like in our car, like near our car. We weren't around any other people and we enjoyed our ice cream. So it was cool. So if you got a chance to see my post about ice cream, um, it was the first time I've actually have had Dairy Queen since becoming vegan. I've been vegan for a little over a year. And normally when like my family wants to go to Dairy Queen, I will go with them. And I usually get like a little fruit slushy or something like that. Or like a thing of fries because their fries is okay. But, you know, just to have something that, you know, to eat while everyone else is eating. But nine times out of ten, I'll just come home and eat like a pint of ice cream, you know, dairy free ice cream that I have here in the house. So uh, Dairy Queen actually has a vegan dilly bar and it's good. So I was excited. You couldn't tell me nothing. So if you go back and see that post, I was super excited, super happy. So a lot of things has taken place. Um, one, I want to, again, thank you. We, this, is, this is episode three, and you guys have been rocking it out with me. I've gotten so many great reviews. I am super ecstatic. Um, the goal for me is, again, to encourage someone else through the things that I've been through, the lessons that I've learned, the failures that I have. Oh, my gosh. My God that I have endured to help somebody else so that hopefully that they can overcome or get better, you know, whatever, you know, the whole thing about life is just really getting better, you know, making mistakes is going to happen, but just becoming better is always my ideal. But a lot of things has taken place. Episode two was more about mental health. And this was before, I believe at the time before the breakdown of both Tamar Braxton and Kanye West. I did not do that podcast in reaction to that. I had done it because I myself was already experiencing. I don't, I would never, it's, for me, it wasn't a breakdown at all. It was just because I'm aware of my mental health. And I noticed that if I'm having a moment, I talk openly about it. Because I know that it helps me. And it did. And it helps other people. So I had no clue that Kanye West and Tamar Braxton days later would then have their issue. I think the day that I posted the episode, I think it was announced at that point. I think Tamar Braxton had her suicide or her alleged suicide issue. And then a couple of days later, I believe Kanye West. And if you've been watching the whole Kanye West, you know, breakdown, it's literally a breakdown. I mean, he's been diagnosed with bipolar dis uh, disorder. I'm not a um, an expert on bipolar, but I do know that whatever he has going on is literally what I'm seeing, what you're seeing, what everyone else is seeing is literally a break. And I've read that he's had these moments before. I've never publicly have known for them to be this bad. So whatever he has going on has obviously tipped the scale for him. And I know with any form of depression, like literally that's what it boils down to. It just matters of what triggers you and triggers can happen in many forms. And so when you're in the middle of a trigger, 
it literally can go one way or the other. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. But the one thing we're going to talk about is, you know, everybody's upset about Kim and saying that she should have gotten him help. And then it was revealed later on that they she's trying to get him the help, but he's refusing it. She's shown up in my, wherever he's at, I believe, on his ranch trying to get him 5150 I think it's don't get me caught up in the numbers so basically they're trying to leave like legally get him to basically be committed and hold him for like normally in most states it's like a 72 hour hold and in that 72 hour hold they pretty much figure out adjust and give him you know make him take his medication and evaluate him to see where he is I do know he has an album coming up on today should be out today um, Donda I believe it's called which I, I believe is the name of his mother and again I have said this once and I'm gonna say this again I have never experienced the loss of my own mother but when my husband lost his mother it took him through some things and so I can understand from an outsider perspective of how Kanye has not been right since his mom has passed my husband has not 100% been himself now he has not been on any type of levels of a Kanye West from what I can tell, because again, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist or anything like that or a therapist. I have not noticed anything that would alert me to say he needed to go see someone. In the beginning, he needed to go see um, a therapist for, you know, counseling to deal with the passing of his mother. And I was grateful. You know, it's grateful when you're when the person that you love actually agrees. And I was so grateful. He went without any hesitation and he went and got help immediately. So in the very beginning of his mother's passing, my husband went and got some help and I was so grateful for that. Um, and I say that not to put him out there, but I say that because I know for myself, whenever I've had issues, I one was not aware that I was even having the issues. And so I was not, I wasn't very receptive. So we're going to talk about what happens when in my particular case, someone is doing everything that they can to make a person happy you are either connected either by friendship or relationship, whatever the case may be. And what happens when that person is unreceptive to help unreceptive to the way that you're trying to love them unreceptive to getting better or getting their own personal happiness, because that is a word right there. I mean, Kim has made her statement, you know, stating that she is trying her very best to basically get him the help that he needs and that she's asking for everybody to give him grace you know, he's come out the woodworks with some very strong allegations um, against her, you know, and her loyalty and faithfulness to him and stating that he has wanted out of the, the marriage. You know, when you're in the middle of a trigger, again, I've been in triggers before. Some of the triggers, most of the triggers are usually met by a sense of truthfulness. Even if, if you're if you're if it's your perceived thought process it's still a form of truthfulness there's still truth in that so although he's spilling as everyone wants to say he's spilling the tea on the Kardashians there very well could very well be a lot of truth to what he's saying and it could be truth based upon what actually happened it could be truth based upon his perception but just because he's in the middle of a, of a break doesn't mean the things that he's saying is not true now it doesn't mean that I'm saying that for sure he tried to uh, to leave Kim Kardashian. I, I don't know. Because, you know, in Hollywood, there's a lot of smoke. And there's a lot of mask. And there's a lot of cover-ups. And there's a lot of staying together just for the sake of staying together. So there's 
a possibility that that could be very well true. But again, I'm going to say this because I know we want to discredit the things that Kanye West is saying. Just because he's having a break doesn't mean that his break is not filled with truthfulness. And a part of that truthfulness could be just, again, perception, how he feels about the situation. And perception is very, very key. Because once you already perceive a situation to be whatever it is, it's a lot less likely that you're willing to entertain anything beyond that moment. So I just want to say, this is a very tricky situation. Only thing we can do is pray that one Kim has had enough sense to meet with people to discuss what a safety plan for her and her children. I do believe from what I've been reading is that they're in LA and he, I believe is in Montana on his ranch, which I, that's probably the best for them to not be physically together. My prayer is for his children who are going to look back at the situation and have whatever thought process that they're going to have about it. And that this situation is dealt with as much of integrity as possible. Because that matters. So what do you do when someone that you love, whether that be a friendship, meaning it could be any level of friendship, any level of relationship does not always have to always equally be romantic. But in this particular case, I'm going to talk about the romantic aspect of trying to do for someone who is not receptive. You have good intentions, you mean well, you're doing everything that you can to make a post person quote unquote happy and you're failing miserably. So I, again, I can always tell my story because I can always tell my story better than anybody else. When I was in the midst of the postpartum depression, this was before I got started to get help. I would say things to my then fiance, who, who again is now my husband, that, oh, I would, I really wish I could have certain things. See, as your body changes when you're having a baby, you know, your emotions are all over the place. One, because you're still dealing with like hormonal imbalance and sleep deprived, you know, brevity and just a gamut of just of ways of emotions up and down. So there was many times, even before I was pregnant, like even the, the space between my daughter and my son, my oldest and my middle child, I would say things like, oh, you know, if I had certain things, I would be so happy. So my husband being just a great guy, he would go out of his way to purchase these items. So if I said, oh, man, I would be so happy right now if I could just go shopping without the kids and just spend money without any any issues. My husband would say, go spend the money and go take care of those things. Now, one or two things would happen during that time. At one point, I was just like, yeah, I want to go do it. And then he would say, go, you know, go do your, go ahead and do take care of that. Just go ahead and just get whatever you want. I would either go and spend the money and get whatever it is that I wanted and then be mad or still would not be really satisfied because, again, you can't buy your way all the way, all the time out of everything. The second scenario to, and most likely the, the scenario that I used to delve in would be complaining about him doing whatever it is was for that he did for me. If a man, if you're a type of person, first of all, I'm not a shopper by nature. I I mean, I love shopping for the things that my family needs. Like I'm me and Tarjay, Tarjay, we go together like thick as thieves. So when it comes to ordering stuff for the house or ordering stuff for a holiday or order stuff like that, if it's ordering stuff, I'm okay. But if it's like bone to bone going into the shopping mall and like shopping, that is not my thing. So 
oftentimes I would complain like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this or, you know, I don't want to do that. Or I would say, oh, I sure wish I could go somewhere. He'd be like, well, why can't you? Then it would be another thousand excuses. of, Oh, I can't go because I don't have anyone to go with. I can't go because of this. So really, when you're dealing with somebody like myself at that time, it just comes down to dealing with a miserable person. Right. It doesn't matter that I was having other issues. And I know people are going to say, don't say that. Don't say that. There is a very short span of space between saying that you are a certain way because you're dealing with whatever triggers or whatever you have going on in your life to the reality of at some point it becomes your responsibility to handle. And so while he was literally going out of his way to literally make me happy in every way. If I said I want a new handbag, I got a handbag. If I said I want new shoes, I got new shoes. If I said I wanted to go somewhere, I went. Oh, I want to take a trip with my girls. Here you go. But your trip is booked. Most women would love to have a husband or a fiance or a boyfriend or a partner that is just that open and willing to just say, okay, if that's what's going to make you happy, if that's what you want, here you go. But the other fine line was that all of those things, I was still a very miserable and very unhappy person and very contentious. Can we talk about uh, people who are contentious? You got to watch for contentious people because they, nobody wants to ever admit that they're contentious, right? No one ever wants to admit that they're like an argumentative person. And so I would find times where even on social media, if you watch people, how they, when you, when you go to make a statement and they come on there and, and you ain't even put the statement on like not even a good one minute and they come in your argumentative right off the bat, that's type of stuff that you like, that's the makings of, of contentious people. Sometimes you'll argue about air if you just, cause you just love to argue. So that was this type of mentality that I was dealing with within again, myself, no one else, just me. And so then my, my, my fiance at the time just got tired of just being like, you know, tired of trying to try a million and one things and nothing is working. So everybody uses this phrase, a happy wife, a happy life. I think that's beautiful on paper. But what we need to ask is that, add, is that you have to have a wife that's already happy coming into the situation. Then you can have a happy life. Because if you're trying to buy your way into happiness, do your way into happiness, you're not going to get there. So my fiance at the time was really struggling with living with someone like myself who was very contentious, very argumentative, and wasn't happy, was completely miserable, and not doing any type of work, like no soul searching, no prayers, no what is it going to make me happy, what am I going to do to make myself happy, none of that. So this was going on for a couple of years. And I think it was little, I hate saying the word little, we say that all the time. So in the midst, I would say towards the end of my first set of therapy, because I've gone several times. So I had went to therapy based on postpartum. Then I had to go to therapy based on just like childhood issues or triggers or whatever the case may be. And so it was after the first set of therapy um, that I ended up going and figuring out like, okay, I'm obviously not happy. I really got to get it together. So what is it going to take to make me happy? Because I have the life. Like I was a stay at home mom and you know, some stay at home moms, some women when they're stay at home moms, 
you know, they have no access to any financial anything. I had all access. I didn't have to even ask. Half of the time, I would have his debit card and my debit card. So he would be the one out in places not having the card or having to use the credit card because I had the debit card, which I had access to everything. So it's like, okay, I have access to everything. There's nothing that I need. I mean, I literally could just be like, I'm going to go ahead and do whatever it is I'm doing. But never realizing that one, I'm not putting that money back. He's putting that money back regardless of how much I'm spending, right? And then after all of this money's being spent, all these trips are being taken, all this money is, you know, I'm, I can have whatever clothes, shoes, accessories, whatever the case I want. But at the end of the day, my spirit is sour. I'm bent out of shape. I'm still miserable. I'm making him miserable. I'm making my family life miserable. Then what gives? And I'm going to tell you what's going to give. It's a personal walk. It's a personal walk. It wasn't until after I got my mind together. And when I say my mind, I literally mean just that. Having to get my thoughts together and asking myself what was going to literally make, stop this literally, what is going to make me happy? What gave me joy when happiness wasn't there? Because you could be happy and you could be joyful, but what is going to make me have joy? When things are still falling apart, how can I still keep myself together? What are those things? And it may not even be things like, what do I have to get rid of in my life to get me to this place? So everything in my life started to fall apart. I started having huge fights with family members. And I mean huge, like, I'm talking about the fights where you don't talk to people for years. Now, on both sides, there was a lot of truths that was going down. And I, even to this day, there's even now that I've gotten counseling and have gotten therapy, I stand 100% a lot. I won't say 100%, I'll say 80% on the things that I said, I stand on those things. They were very real and I stand on the principles of it, absolutely. But I started having trouble with family, right? So all the common denominators that I was having these issues with all led back to me. So I'm having issues with my fiance. We're in the middle of planning our wedding. I got a toddler and an infant. At the time, you know, we were living with my mother-in-law. We had all kind of crazy stuff going on, right? Just crazy stuff going on. But in the midst of all that, a man's trying to make me happy. So if you are the type of person that believes that your relationship is going to be definitively going to keep you so excited about life, so happy, so grounded, you are in a world of trouble. Because there is really no relationship that can sustain you and him, right? He could not sustain him and I. I was the one that was drowning, expecting him to save me and then would get mad because at times when he would then try to save me, I would still reject him. Like how you got to think about the mental state that I had to be in to expect him to fix it. He goes to fix it, but I'm mad because you, you ain't, I don't need you to fix it. You just asked me to help you. <laughs> you just asked me to fix it. That is when I figured out. I really got to get it together. And you know what also helped too? What helped me was the fact that he got to the point where he just said to me, he, we were in a car and I never forget this conversation. We were in the car together and he said to me, are you in or are you out? And I tried to laugh it off because I was like, oh, <laughs> this is hilarious. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with him. But he said, are you in or are you out? And he looked at me, he was serious. He was serious. And he said, I've done everything that I can. 
I just need to know what team you planning on being on. And are you going to take care of yourself? Where are we? What are we going to do about our situation? Because you have to be 100% in all the way on all levels. Or we got to be 100% all the way out. And he was and he let me know. I would never have to worry about him, the kids, myself, or anything like that, anything financial, but he just had to know. That sits well within my spirit because I still think about that conversation. Like, I really had to have that conversation where he had to say enough is enough. And as mad as I probably, if I had to go back to that moment in those first five seconds when he said it, when I fully heard what he was basically saying, I had to say to myself, I can't even get better so I can maintain a relationship with him. Like he wasn't asking me to maintain myself for him. He wanted to know if I was going to take care of myself enough for me to get it together because he was getting to the end of his rope. See, that's why I'm talking about everybody making it Kim Kardashian's fault for fixing Kanye, but Kanye may not want to be fixed. I mean, think about this in their terms. Like, we don't have Kardashian money, but my husband or fiance at the time was more than willing to do everything that he possibly could to try to fix it. Kim and Kanye both came in the door with money. So it's no longer a financial situation. It's that even with all the money in the world, if he does not want to be fixed, if he does not want to take responsibility for where he is, he's never going to be okay. Because see, I don't know what type of household they're that this bipolar has caused them to live but I know what it was like for us in our household with these two small babies these two small children who have nothing to do with the adult situations around them when I think about the times where I was like screaming and hollering and going off the deep end in front of my kids and not even towards them but just in their atmosphere I'm grateful for two things I'm grateful for one getting it together because I would hate for my kids to grow up in a house where it's just so much turmoil Because that is not the type of mother that I am. That is not the type of mother that I ever wanted to be, even in that moment. But when you're sick, even mentally, or you got whatever going on in your mind, it's like at some point you got to take responsibility. So I remember going to therapy, one of the sessions that I was at. This was probably after the postpartum. I started to get it together. I started to work on myself. I started to lose weight. But not because I wasn't wasn't eating or I was I lost weight because that was where I was supposed to be. Like I didn't even realize how big that I was because I was just, I guess, eating my way through the depression. Didn't even notice it. Now, I will say part of it, too, was when I had my first my oldest child, she was born 30 at 34 weeks and was in a NICU. And so I was trying to overcompensate for my son. And I was like, I'd be darned if I have another child that's four pounds and three ounces. I'm not doing that. I'm going to make sure I eat everything that ain't nailed down. So a part of that, just that mindset of like overcompensating too. So that kind of helped as well. But I remember once I started to take a step back, like, oh my God, girl, you got to get your whole life. You are out here looking a hot mess. Your spirit is a hot mess. You got your friends hanging down, dangling on a string, trying to figure out where you are. Because again, they're only going by my side. So they're all like, team, you can leave him. Girl, get get packing. But I wasn't really being fully honest about the fact that I'm the one that's in there going through hoops. Now, that does not give him a pass. He was doing stupid stuff too, but I was the agitator at the time. And 
getting my mind together was probably the best thing that has ever saved me because I could never, like people just always say, you look at my, my memories, I'll call them glimpse of memories, like on social media. You would never have known because I was like the, the mom who had all the kids dressed up the same for each holiday. And I was doing like, and, and the reason why I do all those things for holidays is because I love holidays. And I love making memories for my children. And I love it. So that's why I did it. Those were like my great moments. But I was still having crazy moments in the background. And I'm so grateful for getting it together because my kids deserve a household that is whole. Not necessarily perfect. Because it doesn't mean we're not having arguments here and there. But, you know, even in our arguments now. It's very few times when it's like really popping. Most of the times I just be like, oh, I, I don't like what you said. I don't like what happened. So we just, we talk about it and we move on. We're about to be married eight years. It took a long time to get to that level. It really did. But he could not help me. I had to do all the work myself. So when I take a picture now, I'm so grateful that I could take a picture and be clear in my thoughts and my mind and just be celebrate of where I am, who I am, where I've, where I've, where I was and where I am now. Cause I had so much weight in my mind, on my spirit, in my body. I was sick having all kinds of stuff happening. Like I was just like, you know, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I am tired of me being in my own body, seeing myself like almost like an outer body experience. I could tell I was about to have a moment tell myself don't you girl don't you do it don't don't do it and still do it and I got tired of that so that's when I got help for myself I did not get help for for me to stay married or for me to stay in my relationship and I'm going to tell you why my um counselor I won't shout her name out she was so frank I swear I loved her she my God, she was amazing. So she was like not pulling no punches, which is I needed somebody to be direct. I needed somebody to be a straight shooter. I didn't need somebody to say, I didn't need somebody to slow walk me. I needed to be hit by a bus and maybe hit a couple more times. But she was just like, listen, I want you to get a divorce. I said, excuse me. She said, yeah, I want you to get a divorce to this, to this idea that this your marriage your relationship is supposed to be so perfect like you are not here for him you're not here for anybody else you're not here to be the good mom to your kids you're not here to be a good wife you are here to to fix only you so if after the end of this and you you turn out and that you are this great mom but what if you're not going to be a great wife what if you've come to the realization that your time has run out what will you do and for the first time I said I'm going to live I'm going to be all right. If you would have asked me this a couple years ago, I'd have been like, no way in hell. I got to be with my husband. We got to be together. I love this man. I, I remember when I wanted him so bad when I was, when we broke up, blah, 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 blah. But I had gotten to the point. I was just like, I want to live with myself. Cause what if God forbid everything is gone? Like I want to be able to live in my skin and wake up and smile because I have purpose. So I really wanted to get my life together for me. It didn't matter if my husband served me with papers that same year. It would hurt like hell. 
But knowing that I was better was more important for me than anything. So that's why I say when you get to the point where you truly want to help yourself, you don't even get therapy just to help you with just getting your mindset or seeing things differently, right? Because that's all therapy does. It helps you to see life way differently than what you're seeing it. It helps you to dig out all of those past. It's almost like digging in the mud, like playing in the mud, like pigs do. And I call nobody a pig, so please don't go carrying on. Don't go there. What I'm saying is the 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 visual of seeing a pig playing in the mud and then washing that pig again, visually only and cleaning itself up. All I kept seeing was how muddy I was. I just kept seeing layers and layers of layers of mud and feeling unworthy within my own self to say, I am more than capable of having a great relationship, a great life. And I'd be just a bomb person. And so years of layers and layers of layers had to be dug up and my therapist played not a game with me let me tell you when you go to therapy for real sometimes you leave therapy crying (laughs) you leave therapy upset I used to leave therapy and have to go to bed I mean it could be like seven o'clock at night and I'd be like I'm going off to bed but it's a process so let me just tell you somebody who's sitting here waiting for someone else to save you they're not coming They could buy you out of stuff. They could take care of all of your distractions. I mean, my fiance at the time, again, even my husband, like he's always about, you know, what can we do to make sure you're straight? Always. You got any debt? Let's get that cleared. You got this? Let's get that straight. But when you're dealing with someone who at the time was like myself, you can't help somebody when they're miserable. You cannot. You can't love them enough because they will reject you. You can't give them enough comfort and and give them all the great things in life that they claim that they want or need. It'll never work. So for now, I'm so glad that, again, I had that moment. Obviously, I wish I didn't have it at all, but it is what it is. And I've gotten so much better at saying, okay, I have somebody that's in my corner. Don't don't not even like don't not even on a don't mess it up. But keep your stuff together. Like now, I'm able to maintain my weight because it's important to me. I'm able to keep my skin glowing because it's important to me. When you love yourself, you change everything about you. And people go, you changed. Yes, I changed. I had to change. I had to be better for myself. I had to be better because I can't be the root of everybody's issues and then blame everybody else when I was the problem, right? It takes a big person to say, it's me. It takes a big person to come on a platform like this and say, man, I blew it. But you know why? Because there's going to be somebody listening that's saying, man, I'm going through the same thing and I'm making everybody else pay for my stuff. Yeah, it's like going on a trip with, you know, your girlfriends and you got that one friend that don't ever have no money. That's how I was emotionally. I don't ever have my stuff together. When I think about being in college with my friends who have been like my family, I always call them my family. They're like friends that you've chosen. And all the times that we just argumentative and causing scenes and acting all crazy. You know, that stuff is real cute on, on like reality television, right? But even after a while, my God, it gets annoying. That is the reason why for the most part, there's, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of that because I was already living that crazy life. The person who would start a fight, that would be me, me loving Jesus, start a fight. Yes, me loving Jesus, call the cops, me, that'd be me. 
I don't have the energy anymore to have that type of drama going on in my life. But when I was in it, man, I was in it. Nene Leakes, man, no disrespect to her, but come on now. I grew around, I grew up around that type of high energy. I really, I, I have. And after a while, you just get tired of that type of foolishness in your life every day. You wake up, you just, you got to always be on. And I also felt like I couldn't be soft. Because I always felt like if I was too soft and I didn't smile or if I didn't, wasn't living and walking in the calm that I was getting my life towards, that people would take advantage of me. So it becomes a, like a coping mechanism for me. Get loud, get crazy. That way you can let people know you ain't, you know, not to come in and cross you. But you know what? People still try to cross me just to see if, if they see if I was about that life. Now, <laughs> I always answer back. <laughs> I always answer back and I always say that part of me is not going to go anywhere. I just keep that part of me from when it's necessary. So when the necessary becomes necessary, I will answer. But at least when I answer this time, it comes from a good place. Like I have my heart and my mind together, but if you need to be answered, you can be answered. But instead of walking that every single day, I remember the last couple of years I've had, I won't say her name, but I've had this really good friend and I have very small circles this friend came into my life showering me with so much love. But this was after, again, this was after I had gotten myself together. She's still in my life to this day. And I was just so overwhelmed by her love. Now I have friends who've done great things for me all my life. Really solid friends. But was something about this person when they came into my life these last couple of years and just showered me with so much love. We just, it and and still it's the same feeling. But it's I I'm grateful because I'm able to receive love back because I can give it and I can receive it. Instead of me just feeling like I had to do things, I really can give it and receive it. That's a peaceful and beautiful place to be in, but it takes work. So if you're the type of person that's always causing drama, always got these issues, and you're expecting everybody to come in and save you, sorry. They ain't coming. But if they show up, they're going to keep showing up for a while, but they're going to get sick of you because you're going to get sick of you. If I had to be honest about that time, I was sick of me personally. I was sick of me. So listen, if I was sick of me, can I really be mad because somebody else was sick of me? No. But I was. Because that part of my life, such a pop-off moment, I, I don't know what I want to call her. I got to call her. I got to find a name for that moment of my life. But I was always ready. <laughs> always ready. Always ready to start a fight. And so this is the reason why I say we all have a story. But we're so ashamed to tell somebody else. And the crazy part is we all are so connected. We literally are. So what can you do if you find yourself in a situation where you are always the problem? You've been blaming people for years. You know that it's you. But you haven't really done anything to fix it. You haven't maybe gone to therapy. You haven't talked to anybody about it. But you're sincerely ready to, to fix it. The first step is admitting it. I wrote in my journal one day and I said, Latoy, you are a full, complete mess. Mm -hmm. 
I still have that journal. I actually have almost every journal that I've ever had since junior high. I plan to take all of my journals and write a book. But yeah, a complete mess. And you deserve love and you deserve the most amazing life, but you ain't gonna never get there till you get it together. And so the first step is admitting it. The second step is to research and find somebody that you need to speak to a therapist. Some people, you know, say, well, do you prefer a male or a female? Do you prefer them to be of certain faith? I'm going to say no. I say, I, I, I mean, I guess I'll say I've had more female than male. Men do not intimidate me as long as they're not condescending. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And I don't have a problem talking about women issues with another male. Although I'm aware that women I feel can better understand you quickly than a male than a male can. But I go by vibes. So if I'm comfortable enough to start talking. And even if you tell me that I'm wrong, just the way that their mannerisms are for a therapist, that's what I look into. And it does take some time. So this is why I say when you recognize what you're going through, don't get discouraged because the process of getting an actual therapist may not just be like black and white. I've had times where people say, okay, I'm gonna call you back and put you on whatever list. Keep calling. Sometimes I've had to keep calling or I've had to go to a different therapist altogether because I needed to make sure that I got the help that I needed as quickly as possible. So I've had to do that. But don't get discouraged because if you're already making the first steps and even if it takes a few weeks, stay on it. Like literally every day I would be like, let me find out what the answer is so I can get into the door. Sometimes if you have a job and you're working or your spouse is working, they have the employee assistance programs. I think it's called, yeah, EAP. Or at least here in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, I should say. Go through the free sessions through your spouse or your job first. It's always the door to get in. And if you like your therapist during that time, then you just transfer over and you can stay there. That's sometimes if you honestly, that's actually one of the quickest ways that I've ever gotten in was through either my job or my husband's jobs, um, EAP and literally gotten in and they can sometimes get you in a little quicker than most. And then if you like it, stay with it. Show up for yourself every single time. Answer every question. Listen, do not waste your time, even if it's free, because EAP, they give you so many sessions free. I know for me, I think it was like six sessions. Six was not enough. So I had to <laughs> obviously had to stay longer. But yeah. Go and don't waste your time. This is the person that you should be able to be the most rawest, raw and real with without any thought process because you're going to go to your house and they're going to go to their house. So be open, be honest with yourself and with your therapist and tell them everything that you can possibly tell them so they can help you go through that muddy bath. So when you're done, you can come out clean. Don't waste your time. Like go right in strong. But be prepared to be upset when you leave. I know we look at movies and, they, you know, you go and you lay on the couch at the therapist and it seems really great. But you might come out of there mad. You might even come out of there mad at people. Once, see, when you dig through some things, you realize some things that you were going through, it was actually somebody, somebody else's fault. You just didn't handle it correctly. 
but you didn't have the tools to handle it correctly and or you didn't even realize that what they were doing was wrong. I've had those moments too. But work through it. Completely work through it. It's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. I couldn't even blog the way that I blog because I like to blog from a real place. If you think that me talking in this podcast, this is how I try to blog all the time. Like, this is the real reality. I can't make everything cute like I can do on Instagram. I can't put filters on everything. Some things are just what they're going to be. And when you're struggling, especially like during panic, like I'm so grateful that I went and got that therapy. I don't know what I would do if I wasn't together by the time this uh, this pandemic didn't hit. I would be a mess. I'm already having moments where I have to get myself together and go back to those tools that I've learned or call my therapist or do whatever I have to do because the reality of it is, is that this can be a lonely place. Even when you're sitting next to people, you can be in a room with people and feel like you're completely alone. And when I've noticed that I felt those ways is because I got some things to work through. I got some things that I got to work out. So in this walk, no matter where you are in life, meaning it doesn't matter if you're single, it doesn't matter if you're married, engaged, not a mom, don't ever want to be a mom, not a dad, don't ever want to be a dad. If you feel that your life is everything that you've ever wanted or you feel like your life is completely gone left, you have nothing to live for, you do. You really do. And no matter how bad it looks, there is always going to be that push through. Because as long as you've been in whatever bondage mentally that you've been in, there's always another way. It's always another way to try to get through that. I spent so much time telling myself that I wasn't going to get through this, but I have. So when I get in the situations now, because it's not like you go through therapy and everything just fixes and the, and the sun is always shining, right? Let me not tell you that. But what I will say is that when things happen now, I'm like, listen, I was horrible. Life really probably sucked big time but if I came out on the other side of that the stuff that pops up now we're gonna push right on through again that is not to say that things are perfect that is just to say that I feel like I have the tools now to do whatever I have to do so what's on the horizon now Figuring out what's going to happen with these kids. What school are they going to be in? Are they going to be in mommy school? Am I going to have to be Mrs. Mommy's store? That's what I had them calling me. Because at the end of the day, man, I... Man. I got to make sure that I get my mind together. And again, while they were in virtual school last time, I had them see talk to their therapist, which was beautiful. And they did it via FaceTime so they were, or Zoom or whatever. So that helped too. But I'm just like, let me call my, let me call these kids therapists. Let me call my therapist. Let me make sure I got my school supplies together. Let me make sure I get whatever the case may be. So that's on the horizon. That is on the biggest thoughts of what is going to happen with school. Because these politicians are playing show enough games right now. All these cases in all these different states are going up. And listen, I'm all for kids having interaction with other kids. I'm here for it. I think it's necessary. 
I don't think they should have to die for it, though. I don't think our teachers should have to die for it. We don't even pay them enough to be getting. Listen, you ever been in one of them jobs? You'd be like, I don't get paid enough for this mess. I'd imagine a teacher thinking that. They already got to come out of pocket for their school supplies and everything else got to going on. They don't get paid enough. And then on top of that, they got to sacrifice their entire lives and the lives of their family members to teach. And for what? Yes, I've had some amazing teachers in my life, but I don't think they would just be like, yeah, sign me up for death. Yeah, I'm good. When I read stories about teachers preparing their wills as they go back to school. Yeah, we all should have our wills together, right? Mine is together. Mine is ready in case something happens, but I don't want to have to enact it just because I'm just because it's, it's ready or it's in the it's already done. And the thought process is that we're in a situation where folks can lose their lives. So. I know we got some people that's listening like, no, send my kids to school. Listen, do I not want my kids to go to school? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I want life to go back to whatever is considered normal? Absolutely. But I also want them to be on the other side of another season and not have to be wondering if they're going to make it to the next season just because I wanted them to go to school because I didn't want to deal with them. See, there's some parents that don't have the means that if their kids are staying at home, they can't choose between work and school. So then who helps them with their schoolwork? Because somebody's got to go to work. Not everybody can work from home. So I understand that there are some limitations. You don't have childcare. You don't have somebody to keep them. And then if you have somebody to keep them, are they going to homeschool your kids? Listen, there are so many, so many factors. And there's no right or wrong answer for it. It's just that for me, I would just err on caution and I want my kids to be home. My older two kids have asthma. I don't have time for them to, for this coronavirus to treat their, their lungs like glass. I don't want them. Listen, my kids go on a ventilator. I don't know what to do. This is the reason why I choose, my husband and I choose not to put their life at risk. You ain't seeing us taking them from every person's house. We ain't at the stores doing all that. We ain't doing all that. So when I say I don't want my kids exposed, it's not because I don't, I said I want my kids exposed and then we just been chilling all summer. Like, no, I don't want my kids exposed, so I'm not going to expose them. I don't want anybody else to expose them. So that's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> I am thinking about that. I'm thinking about because it's Friday, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Me and my wine, I'm considered like wine bay, all alcohol bay, adult juice bay, all that. So I'm definitely going to have a glass of wine because it's Friday and I need to celebrate that, right? And I know we're supposed to not live our lives and wait until Fridays and it's supposed to be Friday every single day. But when Friday actually comes, turn up the glass, please, and pour me my glass of wine. I want to see my kids play and relax. Um, They just finished camp yesterday. So I want them to relax and enjoy the fact they can kind of figure out. They can kind of relax a little bit. We got to work on book reports and stuff for the rest of the summer. They've been reading and getting all their stuff done. They've been doing yoga too. Like their camp that they were doing virtually then they had this amazing yoga. My kids love yoga. I'm like, okay, but see, guess what? Now that I know that they love yoga and camp is about to be over, I'll make sure we watch all kinds of yoga tapes and do yoga together as a family, especially for like helping with aggression, helping with how they feel. They just open the door for all kinds of stuff to go down in the store household. Cause see, I'm that type of parent. I'm a Google parent. People used to ask me like, how did you find all this? Listen, if I am going to be on my phone, I'm going to make it work. I find all kinds of activities for in the house, outside the house, in between the house, 
go to your mama's house, your daddy's house, whoever's house. I'm going to find it because I'm always about finding things to make their lives that much better. So my Google is my Google hand is strong. Very strong. So we're going to be starting yoga in the house on our own. Start next week. So, yeah, today is going to be about getting a glass of wine and relax. I'm going to by the time this, you know, by the time you're hearing this, I've already probably posted my blogs and stuff. And I'm going to re get them all together for the blogs for the rest of the next week. And if you're not following me again on social media, Toy Time blog and my website for my blogs is www.toytime.org. So you can read up some more. Also, I have my voice attached to the blog. So if you are like running out of time, you're like, I don't have time to sit and read this. Hit the button, push play at the top. You can hear me tell you the blog yourself without even having to read it. So easy, right? I love convenience. It's not necessarily convenient for my part. I have to put the work in. But for you, you get to enjoy that part. So, yeah, that's the goal. Again, this weekend, we're going to be doing a little social distancing activity where we can kind of be in our, well, not kind of, we'll be in our cars. There's like activities and movies. We'll order some food that you have to put the order in. They'll bring it to the car type situation. Hopefully it'll all go well. And hopefully we'll all have fun. And that could at least be a start of something. We're also taking them to the zoo in the next couple of weeks. And the reason is because you really can social distance in a zoo. The zoo is so big, especially here in Philadelphia, so big. You really can just put space in between you and another person. So that's the goal is to have that space. And um, that's what we have going on for the weekend. Sundays is my day to kind of regroup. It is my reset day. It's more of a restful day. I kind of get up late and I have my little mimosa and I make my brunch. Now, I have been doing big breakfasts or brunches on Saturdays and Sundays forever. So the quarantine is really no different, but I do try to make the breakfasts a little bit more special because, again, we're all home and we don't have to rush our schedules. We don't have to rush our day. There's nothing we need to be at that's that detrimental. So that's the goal. That's the weekend. A little bit more fun, a little bit low key. Um, I can't wait to see my kids' reaction when we go to this event on Sun. No, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Can't wait to see how they. <laughs> they're gonna be like, we're getting out the house. We're allowed to go. Yes, we're gonna head out a little bit and get a little bit of fresh air, have a little bit of fun, then come home because we'll be coming home quite probably late, and see what Sunday brings. Sunday is like. The first half of the day is relax. The second half of the day is preparing for the week. And people say, well, you're on quarantine or we're all in quarantine in some type of way. So why are you doing all this other extra prep? I mean, Monday when it comes, Lord's will is not going to stop. I still got to be ready. Still got things to do. I still have things. I still have deadlines, people. I still have deadlines. Things to do. So I don't know how your weekend is going to look. I'm hoping that your weekend is going to be great. I don't know what's going to happen with the world. Every day is something crazier. Again, I say every time you turn your phone on, I don't really watch the news per se in my house, but when I turn my phone on, it's something every day, something crazy every single moment. So I have no idea what that's going to look like. So sometimes I kind of get like a little nervous when I pull my phone. I'm like, oh God, something's going down. But that's life. That's where we are. Continue to wash your hands, wear your mask. 
people, your rights are not going to be taken because you put on a mask and you can breathe. You can breathe with a mask on. Get you a face shield if you don't want to wear a mask, but put something on your face when you go out into these public because we all want to get out. I was supposed to be working with a brand that's exclusively a brand that you have to be with other people. And that's kind of a little bit put on hold to see how this whole virus thing is going to cut down. I've even had to put a little bit of travel. I was traveling with brands as well this summer. I got to put that on hold a little bit. And again, we're all pivoting. Of course, I'll find other ways to do things with the brand. But it's this was like a more of a travel thing. I've, I've been waiting my whole life for this. But safety first. And there'll be other brand things to do. And I still have brand things I do all the time. But this particular brand, I was excited for. As my husband tried to explain to me when we first went down for the quarantine is that we shouldn't say that we're stuck in the house. We should say that we are safe in our home together with our immediate family, keeping each other company, probably getting on each other's nerves, recovering from getting on each other's nerves, but being grateful that we have each other to get on each other's nerves because there's somebody who didn't have that moment. Shouts out to my family and friends. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is episode number three. We got more stuff to talk about next week as I go through all these different lessons that I've learned and through the failures that I've learned as we have these different conversations. Because again, this is conversations with Toy. So we got to have these talks because I'm hoping in these talks, something will resonate within you that'll make you that much better or make you think or you can relate and say, you know what? She right. So. Happy Friday. I'm so excited. And we will see you next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.